0: Welcome to Make the Game. I'm Matt Hackett. Thanks so much for being here. Today we're talking with Chewy, a multi-talented podcaster and content creator who is making his very first video game. Let's jump in.
1: You're listening to Make the Game with Matt Hackett.
0: All right, well, let's let's jump into this. So uh, welcome, Chewy. It's good to have you. I'm sure my audience would love to hear a little bit about you and get to know you.
1: Uh yeah, so I am Chewy. Often called Chewy, plays around the online spheres that I'm in. Uh, do a lot of different um content creation. Just a bunch, mm-hmm. a bunch of different things: videos, articles, uh, podcasts. Uh, any anything that's like content oriented, I'm interested in it and want to make it. And I think that's always why I feel like I get nothing done because I got too many ideas (laughs) and there's not enough time to get to them all so boy Uh can I
0: relate to that yes um and on that note you are now also interested in making your own video game to add to that pile of like a brand new content category and it's a doozy (laughs) right it is not a simple one (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm. yeah it is is like it's, it's something I've wanted to do for a long time, or and just have increasingly wanted to do. And mm. it's to the point where I'm like, all right, let's, let's step back everywhere else and just focus on one thing for a bit. And I, I picked something that applies a lot of different things. So hopefully that keeps me entertained and interested enough to keep it going. <laughs>
0: Yes, I think it will. I mean, you've got such a history with games, uh, you know, your popular Animal Crossing podcast. Like, you know, I, I think the game dev bug was going to bite you eventually. Right? Mm-hmm. It, was, it was inevitable. Um, yeah. But I think that I can be uh, really helpful here because you've never made a game before, right? Yeah. You're interested in making one yourself. And boy, do I have a book for that. <laughs> I, I
1: also have a book for that
0: (laughs) yes uh that's actually uh how we met is you wrote a little uh blurb on the book and patch magazine which i have i own a copy of it now it makes me so happy Mm -hmm. uh and that's really cool so i think it's very appropriate that we kind of cover um the book and we sort of walk through the chapters and and how they can help you uh you know make your make your vision a reality right bring your
1: game into the world yeah definitely and i was really really excited after we had first spoken all that time ago just for like the patch magazine interview and everything because mm-hmm. afterwards i left that and i was just like maybe, maybe i should make a game maybe that's that's where i need to be and so yeah just ever it's been on my mind ever since that first conversation <laughs> i love it
0: yeah i i think it's uh and we'll get to that in chapter two but the itch the itch is there it seems really itchy for you right like mm-hmm. you've got you've got itches you want to scratch um so, you know, this is a uh, pretty ad hoc. We're just, uh, just going to work our way through the book. And um, you've written some great notes. So you went through um, chapter one, you are a producer. And uh, you made some notes about things that you liked and also um, some questions that came up. And I love these action items. You made a list of things mm-hmm. um, that you want to do after reading chapter one. Um, I love that. Like some takeaways, right? Um, yeah. So let's go through that. Let's let's go through this, this great document you've made. Um. I love that you start with uh, I, one of my, I mean, you know, anyone who listens to me talk for more than five minutes is probably going to hear me talking about Derek Yu. And one of my favorite quotes is the, um, the one that you have here, which is, I don't believe that there's a right way to make games. Derek mm-hmm. And it's completely true. Right. And I mean, you know, it, it says that in the, in the beginning of the book, which is then going to tell you <laughs> how to make games. But like the point being that like, nobody really knows what they're talking about. Right. And I, I think that that aligns with, um, um, your kind of principles, because you have experience with like uh, improv, which is um, very relevant, right? Like there's no, there's no right way to improv. In fact, some of the weirdest (laughs) stuff might get you some of the best results, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And, And that this instantly stuck with me, because I think there's like, always a focus on like, people want to make a right decision people want to do the right thing for the most part Mm. um you could say and i've been doing improv for a while now and i think the biggest thing that i've gotten out of that is there's like just a million right ways to do things like Mm. there's just there's a lot fewer wrong ways to do things (laughs) than there are right ways and I don't know. I I like to explore that. I like to just like experiment with that. And I mean, obviously, a lot of things, a lot of decisions you make may lead to failure, you know, starting over or something. But like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what what you did. You'll find some right solution that works for you. And other people will find a right solution that works for them. So uh, I'm a lot less scared of like the failure aspect of things and more like, let's just try this out. Let's see what happens if I do this. So, yes. So, so yeah, I feel like that quote specifically would just like hit that for me where I'm like, yeah, there there's so many ways to do things. Just pick one, try it out, see what happens, you know?
0: Exactly. Yeah. Throw it against the wall, see what sticks. Mm-hmm. Um, another note you have in here is um, one of the sub chapters, chapter one, which is uh, all by yourself, but not really. And you know, I think it's important to to give credit to people who help us, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, my wife doesn't actively help me on my games. She doesn't, you know, write code or fix bugs or make <laughs> sprites or anything. But she she offers a lot of um, she offers feedback. She offers moral support. You know, she'll listen to me rant for like an hour, and and that itself is a gift. Sometimes, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that that uh, you've got a note in here and on, on how that resonates with you as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: I think this is like a really like philosophical slash cultural kind of thing for me. This uh, this concept. Um, I remember years back I'm working my first job out of college right the first thing that's going like kind of career oriented and there was somebody else in like a similar boat as me they had just like moved out of their place um, moved several states and were working there as a graphic designer and that sort of thing and I I remember like the concept of like self-made came up and I was just like I don't, I really don't believe that's the case. Like to me, self-made is not something that fundamentally exists just because there's so many people and events and actions that got us to wherever we are at this point. And so many of those things without them, you, you couldn't be doing what you're doing, you know? And uh, my example to him at the time was just like, we're we're driving right now down this mm. road that was funded by a bunch of different people through some tax dollars and everything was built by a bunch of different people through their job and that sort of thing yes. and that's how people get to a business to spend money and get them you know whatever riches they're they're getting from that so exactly that there's yeah there's just like I don't want to be a person who like forgets that aspect and is always appreciative of like just the work that goes into just putting you into the position to start something like this in the first place.
0: I love that. Yeah, exactly right. Um uh, relevant quote from again from the first chapter is if i have seen a little further it is by standing on the shoulders of giants. Sir Isaac Newton. Mhm. As as another chapter in, or a, a quote in there as well, but I'll, I'll leave that to the reader. But uh yeah, I love that. Like, you know, solo dev, right? That's that's a thing these days, but like you know, I, I, I benefit from my, my, my network helps me all the time. My community, you know, I will be making my game in the open. Right. And and they will be helping out. So like, I'm doing the heavy lifting, but like, yeah, you know, no, nobody works alone. We all benefit from uh, society and all kinds of other things. Um, at the end of it, uh, it here also, you have uh utilize available resources, which I think is a really big um, all the educational content that I'm making is a big one on that. Right. Where, you know, the things you have at your fingertips are the first place you should look for the building blocks of your game whether it's Mm -hmm. the actual you know software or you know like you you uh you're a guitar player like Mm. you've got that you've got a guitar you know in your hands sometimes like what a great like use that resource why not right that kind of thing
1: yeah yeah guitar is a funny thing too because i'm like i used to think like I didn't take lessons or anything kind of taught myself per se, but now that I think of it, I'm like, no, I was uh, on the internet looking at tabs that people posted and learned from those eventually Mm -hmm. learned. So like, just because I, nobody told me so uh, directly how to play or what, what I guess chord combinations made a song, you know, doesn't Mm -hmm. mean it didn't happen. So exactly. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's a great segue into um, the hats, which is something chapter one talks about. So, um, you know, all the different hats you can wear to make a game, artist, composer, programmer, animator, sound designer, level designer. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's sounding like, um, I think as a solo dev, like the temptation is to wear every single hat, right? But those hats can become pretty heavy. And before you know it, you're like compiling your own version of Linux and building a computer from scratch. And you're like, you're not even working on your game. Like you don't want to go too uh, low level and do everything right um but it definitely sounds like you have some hats um that you want to wear for sure. I like that you went through um and you you listed out a lot of these hats and you mentioned your personal like kind of confidence or experience level um with e- with each of them and this is really useful for me because I was really curious about this um because I know that you're very capable like at, at the things I've seen you make like podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and your writing um, and and uh, you know, the journalistic stuff is is really impressive. Um, but you know, uh, I don't I don't know what exactly you've made art wise. I'd love to see um, what you've made there. Um, so let's go down the list. You've got artist semi confident. I love that some confidence. <laughs> that's that's all you need to be an artist
1: yeah semi (laughs) semi confidence because it's something that i'm definitely out of practice on um Mm. but literally growing up every elective that i could take tended to be art class i was in every art Mm. class that i could take through junior high and high school i think my electives in junior high were like typing and art that that was it (laughs)
0: love it oh life skills Uh you use typing
1: forever yeah yeah I, I type every day all day absolutely yes <laughs> um and then in high school it was all art classes I think I took like AV once where I was just like making mm-hmm. videos and stuff uh, I'm like that's the same thing to me that's art <laughs> yeah so so yeah semi-confident there and I guess in some ways like I've kept it going like through like video creation and mm-hmm. just writing little things here and there and even playing music you know like there's some artistic uh I guess experience that goes into that um but as far as like creating little sprites and things I'm like oh I haven't done that in years of like Mm. I remember just making my own Pokemon cards or Digimon cards as a kid where I was like I want to make my own card game and so I'd cut out like little pieces of paper into as close of a rectangular shape as possible and then glue them all together so they're as thick as possible too oh, that's great and draw on those for for hours and be like i i don't know i never got past the drawing phase like the actual like game design phase oh that's the hard part yeah yeah
0: that, that's the real work you just want to do the fun part i totally get that
1: uh-huh card creation
0: that's great um semi-confident artist i love that um composer confident i love this i I know that you play guitar Mm -hmm. and so i guess you've made compositions in the past and that's something you want to do you want to be making the music for your game
1: uh this this i think is one of the biggest itches that i have as far as like game development goes Mm -hmm. um i i've you know we've talked about before everybody has heard, like just on our own, kind of my ideas, but one of my big ideas is definitely like a music based game. Mm. And I just have such a desire to kind of make up a bunch of different little bands for that and explore like, what genre of music does this band play? And just really explore a lot of different things with that. So yeah, as far as music goes, I've got pretty eclectic tastes, lots of different things really interest me in music. Mm. So yeah, just just a lot there. And Okay. It has been a while since I've like played in a band and written things, but I'm slowly getting back into it. Been doing some little writing exercises the past week or so. So, it's been nice.
0: Oh, I just love that. Um I love that you've got experience um sounds like significant experience too. I mean, I've never been in a band. Like I I've played <laughs> some guitar and some keys, but that's um that's a big deal and I love that you have this deep well with which you can you can pull Um, before we move on to the other things like programming and animation and stuff, I I was just real quick. Are you picturing, this is a pretty important one. And I talk about in the book, how there's a, um, so we're talking about 2d versus 3d, right. Mm -hmm. And and there's like the lines blur a lot. Like you can actually have a 3d game with, with 2d elements and vice versa. But I'm curious what you're um, picturing in your head.
1: I guess it depends on what I'm, which one I'm looking at. Uh, mm-hmm. As far as like the music one goes, I kind of picture a, a map. <laughs> I picture a little map that mm-hmm. has a bunch of like different buildings or places that you can go to. So kind of like an overworld map. I guess, how would you define that? Like kind of a uh, 2D mm-hmm. a bit, kind of top down 2D perspective.
0: Yeah. That's where the lines blur, right? Like um yeah. I've played plenty of games with those kinds of maps where it's really 3D. Um and you can even have that like the 3D map with the 2D billboards laid on top of it. There's yeah. Yeah. There's always a million ways uh to do it.
1: Yeah. Uh and then for the other two, I've pictured more 2D, I think. Well, one two D, one more three D actually.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay um well let's 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 keep through the hats but then i'm really curious to get to these game concepts you've mentioned yeah um that that's yeah i can't wait to get to those if you're if you're ready to talk about them i know sometimes like i i get a little you know protective of my game concepts sometimes so you know feel free to talk about what you want to and and not you know leave leave some things (laughs) a mystery if you'd like to yeah um programming is a really interesting one uh no experience uh animation no experience level designer no experience Um, sound Mm -hmm. engineer, some confidence makes total sense because you've got a music background. Um, I think for programming, I'm curious, do you, because I think there's a spectrum. There's either you've always kind of been interested in, you've been interested in programming and you're anxious to learn it, or you're more like, I don't want to learn it. I want to avoid it. And and there's options for you, right? You can use, um, like Unreal Engine has blueprints. Unity has several different options um, Mm -hmm. where you can just drag and drop nodes. Like it's all visual scripting. Right. And so I'm curious, um, do you have any ideas yet for what you think you might like or are you uh, just going to try out the engine and see what clicks? What do you think?
1: I think uh, as far as my relationship with programming, I wouldn't say I am against it. I'm actually like pretty interested in programming and that sort of thing. Uh, But I'd say it's definitely intimidating. You know, Um, I do. I do know like HTML stuff hmm. like some little code uh just for you know different work things that I've done in the past but mm-hmm. outside of that it's not something that I have a whole lot of experience with I don't know any really in depth gaming coding languages or anything but it, it it isn't something that like scares me I kind of like the logic puzzles that I think it creates for a lot of people and um, nice. those types of things I like messing with um and and maybe that's just like the game thing, like I like where I'm like, oh, if I press this button, what happens, or what mm. what what is the output to my input here? So yes, th- those questions have always been ones that keep me interested. I think.
0: Excellent. Okay. Yeah. It sounds like um, sounds like you're prepared and and up to the challenge. That's fantastic. <laughs> um. So. Do you want to get into your game concepts? It sounds like you've got three. Do you, do you want to lay them all out? Or do you want to focus on the one that you're most likely to build? Or what do you want to do?
1: I think with this, there's one that I'm definitely feeling like is the place to start. Mm. And we talked about this one earlier. And I feel mm-hmm. totally fine sharing this one because I do feel like there's a game out there that already kind of does this. Um, mm-hmm. A friend shared it with me maybe a year or so ago. Um, I forget what the game was. It was a mobile game, but I call this one my uh, my game. At least I call it Bird House. That's just kind of the the generic name I've mm-hmm. I've landed on for now. Uh, but the basic concept is, I wanted a game that's focused on like learning about birds and making little bird friends. So definitely Aww. one of a cozy a cozy game. You could say a wholesome game, um, but the the gameplay loop I thought of was like all right plant trees build bird houses that go in those trees attract the little bird friends to live by in your backyard right Mm -hmm. um so I I look I think of it as kind of like a resource collector a little bit of a decorator type of game Mm -hmm. um but funny enough I, I was going over the concept with my partner yesterday and she came up with some like really cool ideas for it that Mm. would go toward the educational aspect. Like um, I'm thinking there'll be like a little bit of a clock, you know, like you end your day and it's like, let's see if a bird shows up in the morning, but Mm. she, she really pinpointed like the, I like sad things. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm I'm a a person who really likes to watch a movie and cry or get real emotional by the end of it, you know? Mm. Um, And she was like, just spitballing ideas. And she's like, what if at the end of the day in the game, um, there's a little mini game that plays and it's like you have to turn off all the lights and everything. And then it gives you a little fact about like how light pollution leads to like bird deaths and kinds of things. <laughs> <laughs> uh so like a little sad fact. Uh she took it further and was like, and then like maybe in the morning after you've like turned off it's just like a little I guess she pictured it as like a touch screen type of game where you're just like tapping the lights off to to click them all out, mm. and then she was like, and in the morning you still find like a little dead bird on your yard that, and you just get a little note that, you know, even if you try, some accidents still happen. <laughs> yes,
0: oh, um, that's well, that's life, right? I I like that. Um, look, work a little melancholy in there, right? A little little mm-hmm. some minor chords here and there. Um, and I think that like that doesn't have to be depressing or morbid or sad really mm-hmm. right um you know i, re- I recently recently re-watched uh beetlejuice uh, i don't know oh. if you've seen it it's a Tim Burton classic it's it's old i'm showing my age here but um it's a game that has like um this is actually a game of uh, sorry a game a movie this is a movie about death uh and, and it's uh, you know spoiler like um you know characters die uh, pretty early on And it's it's very that part of it's very sad, but it's also kind of like an optimistic movie. Like, you know, it's Hollywood, so it's got a happy ending. And -hmm. like, even though death is weaved throughout the whole thing, it's full of life and energy and love. You know what I mean? Anyway, that's that's kind of my maybe a pretentious tangent there or something. But um, (laughs) I love the little I, I think pieces of artwork need that. Otherwise, they lack a little humanity. Like I get that. You know, I'm not knocking children's cartoons and children's cartoons would probably not have some of those themes <laughs> in it. But, you know, when I see like, a, you know, uh, a screenshot of like a something, you know, intended for six year olds, it's just shiny and bright and there's never any worries. That, you know, worst thing that happened was I, I don't know, dropped my sandwich <laughs> or ice cream or something, you know, um, mm-hmm. and they lack they lack a little bit. Of, like I need a little bit of that um, humanity, a little bit of darkness, just just like, yeah, just a little bit of minor chord. Anyway, I love that. I think that you can totally bake those elements into even like a really happy, cozy game about um, birds. So I love
1: it. Yeah. Because I mean, ultimately, I'm just like I I have grown more interested in birds and have especially like just around my neighborhood and stuff. I'm like, oh, these are the types of birds that live here in this part of the world and everything. And just like learning about those specifics and stuff. So I, I'd like that applied to the game in some way. And that's great.
0: Yeah, yeah you I and I have that in common.
1: Partly educational, that. but also pretty dang cute.
0: So are you picturing like like maybe real bird facts when you say educational? Uh,
1: Yeah, I think so. That or sounds, at like least like, like some stuff that's like building a little bit more of an awareness of like the effect we have on wildlife around us mm-hmm. and the environment around us, you know? Mm. Um so so yeah partly partly real educational but also kind of cute because I because I also have ideas of like what if you could get a phoenix to live in a bird cage too or a little bird house near in your backyard you know Ooh. I'm like oh what if there's like cool mythical birds and maybe that's like I guess the twist there would be like here's an educational thing of like these myths and where they came from and the culture oh, yeah. is surrounded around that too. So, yeah, yeah, I love, I I love
0: That's great. Yeah, that can be end game stuff, right? You could, uh, you build work your way up to it. I can just picture the trailer where you start off with cute birds and by the end, you get that quick montage of like you know, phoenix and a cockatrice <laughs> and a you know, a, a rock an ROC, those giant birds, like whatever mythology bird,
1: yeah, I or even that. something ancient like a pterodactyl or something. Oh, cool. <laughs> oh i love it that's great
0: mm-hmm. okay so um birdhouse i love like you had um, some other game pitches which were um, more ambitious but also very cool um birdhouse sounds like a great place um to start because like when i think about a game concept you know um you could have a a, a playground like a little sandbox for your game set up in just a few hours even as a first timer mm-hmm. you you literally need just like a like a, a little space and a little character to walk around You know, and then like step two would be like you just you have a birdhouse and boop, and then you can like pick it up and move it around. And then like, you know what I mean? Like you've got that nice incremental, like pretty early on, you can have, you know, yard, person and bird. And that's not enough. That's not what you're talking about with your game concept. But that is a start. Like you've got the elements right there.
1: Yeah. And Um, that's already so much further than I thought, you know. (laughs) Exactly. When thinking about this initially, I was like, how could I ever even get to that? You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and there's no, like, you know, some of the other ideas have, like, a, the the a rhythm based, um, and that would be kind of hanging over your head as, like, some kind of difficult technology you're going to have to work into your game, and so even when you get that, you know, you've got your yard, you've got your person, you've got your bird, that wouldn't be enough. You'd still be like, oh, this game still needs more, um, and so I like that with this birdhouse concept. Um, it's not, like, it's not weighted down with much, right? It's kind of a light, mm-hmm. free uh, concept, so I, I, uh, yeah. I think it's very doable for you.
1: And I do think like I really resonated with the concept of like little mini games at the end of the day uh, Mm -hmm. because I was like, oh, I feel like that's like an opportunity to play with some of the different gameplay elements that may make a bigger appearance in some of like future games, you know, because obviously Mm. I think I'm just going to keep having game ideas (laughs) from here on out. Um, So like even with that one, uh, the interest in birds for me really like came up from we had some parakeets uh, for a while Mm. um, that have since passed, unfortunately, but we we had some great friendships with them. But they really loved whenever I just like pulled out my guitar and played music for them and stuff. I'm like, oh, what if there's like just a little rhythm mini game as a a transition, you know, Um, I love that. So, so yeah, I feel like there's an opportunity to play with some other concepts that I want to explore with that.
0: That's great. And I love that because it's what I call a, um, a maybe later or even a could never mm-hmm. it's uh, those are great ideas for like, you could make your whole game and you could ship it and then you could be like, oh, you know, what I could add now in this nice isolated way that won't interrupt anything else about the game is this little like game mini game with music mm-hmm. or something. That would be a really great, um, Kind of sandbox for you to play around in, too, uh, to work towards your more ambitious um, rhythm-based games. Yeah. And, yeah. As you, as you mentioned, it gives you, gives you an area to practice, right? hmm So, um, what hats are needed for my games? A question you've got here. And that's a really interesting one. So, it sounds like you would be handling the the art. You've got your art head on. Definitely composing. You'd make your own music. Um, you'd be doing the programming, which you're up to, um, knowing that you're a first timer and, uh, like, you know, being forgiving with yourself. And also like, (laughs) if let's say the code you're working with it and after a while, it just doesn't click. uh, I think it's totally something you probably should do down the road is, um, try out like a visual scripting thing. Um, but if the programming is clicking to you and you're like, this is making total sense I'm finding this interesting and exciting, then yeah, just Mm -hmm. continue down that path. Right. Um, Animator is interesting because I think like something I'm doing with my own games is I'm kind of putting up a wall with animation. Um, I'm seriously considering just not animating almost anything for my next game. Oh. Like The, the care, the your default character that you play as your avatar is a doll composed of different pieces. Like you can change your hat and stuff like that. And because of that, I I just, I don't see a way for me to make the art for different perspectives, like facing left or up or down or anything also animating is hard and like i've got Damn. you know critters in my game like i've got a rabbit that moves around and i'm just like squishing it i'm just using tweening animations to like whoop whoop like to make it look like it's moving but I, d- I didn't put the work in to do the extra art so you know animation is on the chopping block to me the only thing i've added to my current game is like fire animation and a few other things but um you know i, I mentioned this because here you have animator no experience and i think also animation is one of those things that's um incredibly expensive right because Mm -hmm. like i was working on a game um, where one character had maybe 40 sprites Mm. that's that's an incredible increase in uh your content pipelines demand right because with my game right now um the having just the one sprite i i can fly right I, i can crank out content but if i had to make Forty?
1: <laughs> For every single one? That's Come a lot.
0: On. Yeah, I am one person here. Like that would be awesome. You know, if you're if you're um uh working on Cuphead or something, like that's their whole thing is they need hundreds of awesome frames, but I do not need it. I just need good gameplay. So thought I'd mention that is um and I think especially animation can be seen as like a um optimization step. So you mm-hmm. might not ever need it. So that's a hat I would like keep on your uh hat rack. until later on and then can even just consider it like i I wouldn't call it a must there's other ways to kind of dodge having to do a lot of um animating by hand Mm -hmm. um and i like your idea too with birdhouse because under level designer like you know there's um you might only really have to build out just like a house and a yard and you could even model that from your own past experiences and stuff so there wouldn't be you know there's not a lot of demand on you for that hat so i think that's a hat you'll be able to wear with confidence and have a lot of fun just yeah. building your little house and your little yard and and a little place for your birds so that's mm-hmm. exciting um yeah i'm i'm not worried about your uh your hats uh i think because you already as you mentioned you already have a lot of interests right Podcaster, musician journalist uh, i think <laughs> too that, many interests <laughs> yeah, exactly right so i think that your hats yeah i think you're gonna have a great time um wearing your hats so let's um let's talk about the action items um from chapter one so we got Become a producer, define your game, learn your roles, gather the resources. I love this. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: it's yeah. funny. You, I, I've been looking at the become a producer one the, uh, this whole time. And I'm just like, I'm going to change that to just be just be a mm. producer.
0: Be a producer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Producer is an interesting one to me. It's like, you know, I am a game producer, but I've never had like a paid game producer role right? Like Mm -hmm. at a studio or something. But um, the production stuff is really interesting because it's really just like you're the the glue, you're the facilitator, you're the one who insists things get done. Like, you know, when you're working with other people, you're kind of like walking around and sending a lot of emails and poking people. Hey, how's that going? You know, you're like, you're making (laughs) things happen. Um, I think with producer for a solo developer, you're doing some of that, but you're poking yourself, right? You're like, hey, you need to, like, I need to finish this art asset or I got to write this code or something. Um, Yeah. But to me, it's like it's more of a mindset than anything else. It's like just a reminder that, you know, no one else is going to make the game for you. So you've got to be the one who (laughs) pushes it forward. Um, Number two, define your game. I think you've defined it uh, well. You know where you want to start. And I I think what I like about your birdhouse concept is I think that um, it's easy to picture how it would begin. As we talked about, just like a simple here's a little yard and whatever. But you can also like you've got endgame ideas. Like I can totally have a picture in my head of, you know, a really lush house with a bunch of trees and birds flying around everywhere and sound effects <laughs> and a, maybe a phoenix flies overhead i can i can totally see your end game and so i like that you've got kind of your um your bookends for your concept i think some concepts sometimes people have them and they don't have a strong they don't have strong bookends it'll be more of a start like that's some of my concepts have that weakness where it's a strong start i'm like okay good that sounds interesting but like where, like where's the loop where's it come back home or what's the ending you know like what's <laughs> the obvious ending or end state or something um so I like that for uh, for your concept here. Um, learn my roles and gather the resources. These are interesting ones. Um, roles are, are a lot related to wearing your hats. Um, gather your resources will be an interesting one because um, I think for you we'll get to uh, we'll get to pick a game engine. That's your that's your first boss battle in uh, in chapter four. Yeah. Um, but I think you have other software, too. Um, like, I think that you need to find a, a DAW, a digital audio workstation. Or have you decided on Audacity? Where are you? Um,
1: I guess I've always done like a little bit of an in-between between like Audacity and GarageBand. Like okay. I'll kind of share between those two. But I'm always open to more as well
0: <laughs> got it yeah I think GarageBand is a great place to start But last time I got into music um, I was using GarageBand on iPad and that was lacking some features like a master track so I moved to GarageBand on OSX and that was lacking some features like more detailed mastering so that I moved to Reaper but I like the strategy of starting with the free stuff and only moving up if you have to like when you hit
1: mm-hmm. a roadblock yeah, I think that's a good content creator experience thing that came for me where I'm like, just work with what you got for now and then, you know, upgrade when you feel you've outgrown whatever you're working on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so under guide of the resources as well, something I always recommend is just to start downloading assets. I don't know if you have like you probably have some libraries you use for your own stuff, like your podcast and your other content. Um mm-hmm. What I like to do is I have like a folder specifically just for game assets. And at this point, it's ridiculous. I have so much stuff bookmarked and downloaded and and whatever. Um, but uh, you know, I've got a million resources. Uh let me know if you'd if you'd like me to to link you to stuff. Um, but I would highly suggest just go download like you know, you can find them for free, or you can pay a little bit of money, honestly, to get a ton of um, you know, audio files and assets, uh like 2D, 3D, whatever you need. Um and I think mm-hmm. it's like I think it's great to just start downloading. Just go nuts right um because there's no like especially if it's free there's no downside and a lot of it can be really inspiring um i like to just like i i, I always look at kenny uh, i don't know if you're familiar he's he gives away free assets 2d 3d you name it um and i'll sometimes just browse his site just download stuff and i think there's a lot of sprites on there that he's made that will um get your gears turning right That might just uh yeah. Um inspire you. And you know, down the road, like you, you know, you probably want to make your own art, it sounds like, eventually. Um, but you could always start with placeholders unless they muddy your vision or interfere with your vision or something.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but I think that's a good place to start before we get to uh you know, actually using a game engine. Um <laughs> you know, it's, it's nice to have a workshop full of uh free assets you can use. So, um that's probably a pretty good starting point, uh the that first or sorry, ending point uh for that first chapter. You are a producer. Um we have notes for Scratch Your Itch and uh I think it'd be exciting to get into that next time. Um but in the meantime, there's uh exciting stuff for you to do and uh birdhouse. I I'm really excited about that. What a cool concept.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm excited that you're excited about it because I feel like Cool. I, I'm hearing from somebody who's made games, who's worked on games and stuff. And just to hear that, I'm like, OK, cool. So my concepts aren't bad at all. Like there, there's potential there <laughs> and something that I can do. So that's cool. Yeah. Uh, but I did have like some kind of uh, some questions here mm-hmm. for you, at least. And I think we've kind of gone over the first one where I was like, you know, one of the big things you highlight at the very beginning is like, Here's the goal as the producer. Here's how, right?
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: you know the how you put. Well, the goal is ship the game, right? You're you're getting the game out there. That's right. Uh, But then the how you said like gather the concepts, tools, software, and assets. And so I was kind of like, oh, is uh, I wanted a little bit of clarity on the concepts, but it sounds like it's the ideas for the game, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. I I can maybe change the wording there, but it's it's like gather. Um, it's more like create your concepts i guess um but it's like you know the the wording is hard because i've seen some people do this where they'll go to like a, a random generator page that, that just puts random words together <laughs> and, and that's sometimes how they will get inspiration or even rolling dice or something right like um i think you and i just happen to be the kind of people who are overflowing with ideas right mm-hmm. like i've got no fewer than three game ideas i want to work on right now it sounds like you do as well and i know some other people they have all the fire and energy and 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 maybe even the know-how but they for some reason the ideas don't come to them or the ideas that do come to them they're not thrilled about and they don't want to hit really hard um so i guess that's why i say gather the concepts is because to me i kind of see the concept as another asset right you could almost see it as something you could switch out like you could switch out a sprite you know change your bird sprite you could switch your uh perspective i'm gonna go from 2d to 3d and you can also switch out your concept and a lot of times you know whether you're making birdhouse or you know you might get a third of the way into the development and you just switch it up and now it's a bullet hell
1: <laughs> and
0: i mean honestly engine wise it's a lot of the same things you've got your environment you've got some entities in the world and they move around and they can spawn entities that's that's all the things that you need for either birdhouse a cozy you know village bird simulator type thing or a bullet hell right mm-hmm. and so that's one of the reasons i think of the concept as like a almost just like a piece of data. You know, I know some people get really attached to their concepts and it's dear to them, but it really is something that you can swap out. That's why I think about it that way. Um, But yeah, it sounds like you're covered there. It sounds like you've got a a cool concept (laughs) for Birdhouse. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. Um, And then I wanted to ask you too, like what hats do you feel you wear the most when working on a game?
0: So I would say for me, it's definitely programming. And I mean, games are software. That's that's all they really are. Right. I mean, let's talk about a board game or something. But, um, you know, when you look at the expensive parts of my games, it's always the code. And it's also like when you look at my career, I've been paid far, far more to program than I have to do anything else. And I have lots of skills and I wear lots of hats and stuff. But like programming is the career that, that I've had. Right. And I think for that reason, like I. I have a tendency to over-engineer, and I fight against that. You know, I've kind of done it my whole entire career. Um, but it's like, it's also, you know, I know it's my most marketable skill and my most valuable skill. So I feel like the time I spend programming, I'm creating the most value for my company. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just aware that when I'm, when I'm making art, I'm not killing it as much as someone else with 20 years of art experience is. Beautiful. But when I'm programming, I am kind of killing it. I'm creating really good stuff. Um, but that might not be the same for you, right? Because, um, you know, not having that programming experience, uh, it might be something that you find that you like, it might be something that you find that you don't like. Um, and I think it's, it's not to say that like, I have to be spending all my time in, in the code. I think it's more that I do because of my particular background and preferences even, right? Mm-hmm. Like I am, I'm kind of the person who's happiest when I've just got a terminal and like the way that I use unity, I use it as really just like an, um, an IDE sort of where I just like it's almost like a compiler. Like I don't heavily use the the Unity interface. I like to spend my time in the code editor because that's just who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would probably be different for you. Um, this, the hat I wear the second most is probably content creation. If you look at the entire um, spread of, of the game, like the development over time, like, the, like my current game will probably take about a year or two to make. And mm-hmm. it'll be creating... You know, like like for you, it would be your birds, you know, like maybe you get to like five birds and you decide you need 50 and if you get to 50, you decide you need 200 and like, <laughs> you know, scope, you know, scope should always be trimmed down depending on the project. But, you know, with a big game, um, the content creation, it takes a ton of time. And, you know, I, what I've done with my content pipeline is, I was, as I was saying earlier, I try to trim it down and like I will make brutal cuts. I will cut frames of animation. I will be like, I am not animating this chicken period you know what i mean i would <laughs> just make those calls um and even despite that uh, i still end up spending a ton of my time um working on the content
1: mm-hmm. after
0: that is probably debugging i would guess it's fixing <laughs> my bugs and and play testing um and then art which um would be higher on the list if i hadn't made those made those decisions that i had early on right like to not animate and also like um, my art pipeline is very um, lean and mean because I have not really changed my art style in like five or 10 years. I use the same palette. I use the same brush. I crank out art, right? And <laughs> it's it's not that there's not tons of art in my game. It's that when I work on the art, it happens very quickly. Yeah. Um, but that's just my experience. Um, yeah, that's probably where I spend the... the so the bulk of my time, the, the lion's share programming, and then the other things is just... Creating the the game, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. So that might be uh, for you. Yeah, and I guess the the, the this one's a very like manufacturing heavy term here. But how do you build a bill of materials? So I my last job was in manufacturing. I was a writer for a place, but I was one thing that always would come by is like they'd call it a bomb. They just B O M bill mm. of materials, a mm. bomb. And it was basically every single thing that went into any product they made like down to the screws and everything, like Mm. how many and that sort of thing, all the parts. And so like, I guess, as you're making the game, how do you I guess, is there like a a need to be aware of all of those things that come together into it?
0: Yeah, I think that there there is you should be aware of like the size of your bomb. Right. But I think it's probably naive. Maybe some people develop this way, but like to to think that you could have your entire game planned out, um, you've really got to be threading a needle there. That That's that's a tough skill. What you could do is like. Um, I, I talk a lot about scope and some of my educational um, content, and I talk about laying like sketching stuff out, laying it down. And I also talk about how much content you'll need, right? And one of my rules of thumb is um, seven plus or minus two, which is kind of what the human brain is comfortable keeping in its uh, short-term memory, like a phone number length. You know, like mm-hmm. if you get a phone number at a bar or something, like you can <laughs> usually remember that. But if they gave you like a credit card number or a thirty-digit, d- you know, you'd be like, I, 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 <laughs> I don't have it. Um, yeah. And so for that reason, you could like you could do this. You could lay down your game on graph paper or something and be like, all right, it's going to be one house. It's going to be a fenced in yard. It's going to have, it's going to start with three trees and five birds and three tools. And that's Mm -hmm. the game. And you could lay all that down on graph paper. The problem is as you make the game, you'll be learning a lot and the game like graph paper is not a game, right? Mm -hmm. A vision is not a game. Um, Even if you play tested your game with paper, You'd it's still not a video game. It's it's close. It's the best you can do, and it's way cheaper than coding all of that up and stuff. But it's impossible unless you're very closely cloning another game or something, which you know some people do to, to great success. That's just not how I like to roll. But it's mm-hmm. just so hard to know for sure and to like to bullseye, like here's the content I'm gonna need. That's it. Um yeah. because the the game creation content uh, uh process from my experience is so chaotic you know like i think it's important to have in mind your bomb like it was it's probably really beneficial for you to have one like here's what i think my game will need like a manifest but you know my best guess for you is by the time you get to the end your, your manifest will look quite different yeah so i think it's a great thing to have and uh, probably a useful practice for you to for you to spell out but um you know don't be disappointed or surprised if your end goal is is quite different from mm-hmm. your initial guess there yeah Great question, awesome. Uh,
1: and then I guess I feel like we we covered the last one of just like what what you felt was needed for Birdhouse. I think you covered that really well as far oh, as great. like the resources and stuff earlier.
0: Yeah, yeah. We'll get to um, we'll get to scratch your itch and the video game building blocks, and we'll get to your boss uh, picking your game engine, and because uh, that's a pretty important part for needed. Uh, you got to have a game engine to make your game Birdhouse. Um, <laughs> but everything else it sounds like you're you're well prepared for with experience in um in art and music. I'm excited to hear what kind of music you make.
1: Yeah. I I mean while we were having this I was literally like okay how what kind of instruments do i want to use with like birds and stuff and i'm thinking maybe maybe there's going to be a lot of whistles because birds have like a very Ooh. chirpy type of i don't know just thinking of like the creature itself and like what types of instruments and sounds would go well with that type of soundtrack so
0: oh i love that yeah i yeah, can picture what? those uh you know the drumsticks the, the ones that are kind of more uh brushy oh yeah the brush drum sticks. yeah Yeah, i could picture that to kind of get that kind of tactile like bird wing feel like feathers almost or something yeah kind of organic feel yeah i like that a lot that's exciting
1: (laughs) yeah and uh, i i've uh, i'll have to get another acoustic guitar i've been meaning to for a while but Mm. i also have a friend who uh plays a lot of different great instruments too that i think would work with that like violin and stuff so oh that
0: sounds awesome yeah you can't really beat um Real instruments. That that's actually that's genuinely that's a hook that'll make your game stick out. People will be like, oh, like you would have some some n- number of people would come flock to your game, right? Yeah. Once they found like that would be the thing for them. They're like, oh, it looked pretty cool, and then I found out, wow, they made all the music, you know, with real instruments. Like I'm
1: sold, right? <laughs> So, so yeah, there's always ideas popping in where I'm like, all right, what, what captured and I think that that really comes from like, you know, we mentioned a little bit early on how I did an animal crossing podcast for a long time. And my goal Mm -hmm. with that was always to like capture animal, the, the like essence of animal crossing as closely as possible, where it's like, it's a real time game. You check in like kind of daily and stuff. And I was like, all right, so the podcast is weekly, you know, we're like a weekly Mm -hmm. event in game kind of thing but also capturing like the the calm kind of atmosphere for that game. And I don't know, just little things. So I feel like I like to build around those types of concepts and make them make them something that's felt to the audience, you know?
0: Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love going after a feeling instead of like something cold and brittle, like a number or mm-hmm. something. Um, and I love that your game is like a, you know, cause you have so much experience with animal crossing your game is almost like just a little slice of Animal Crossing. And I love (laughs) that because, you know, I think a lot of people will be like, I want to make Animal Crossing, but bigger and better. It's like, oh, you're going to have such a hard time. But your idea is... It's already huge. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's already going to take you years, but you've got this little narrow um, piece of it, which Mm -hmm. uh, I think is great because you've got so much experience with it. And, um, you know, you can just distill that down.
1: Yeah, and there's definitely like, you know, a big Animal Crossing influence there. But I think there's also uh, a Viva Piñata influence. I don't Mm. know if you played that game too much. Mm -hmm. PlayStation, right? Yeah, uh, I think Xbox, Rare after they had gotten acquired by Xbox made that. But a lot of the concepts there are like what will exist with this game where it's like, you get a garden in that game, you plant different crops and stuff to attract specific pinatas and that sort of thing. So I'm like, Oh yeah, they've kind of like built that out in some way already, but you know, everything's got its own little twist. Right.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Something else I talk about is um, cutting close to the green and I think it's totally okay to, to, you know, borrow concepts and layouts and ideas and game flows um, from other games, especially you know, let's see, Viva Pinata. looks like 2006, so that's that's old enough. Yeah, right. There, there's like, a, if it hasn't been a game like that in a while, like that's how Stardew Valley got so successful. Is there was a hunger for um, Harvest Moon, so maybe you can mm-hmm. tap into that. It's Vibia been Pinata it's been a winter. little
1: while. It's been a minute. So, yeah,
0: well, that's very exciting. Um, I can't wait to uh, see where your game concept goes.
1: Yeah, thanks. I'm excited to get to work on it.
0: All right, this, this was fun.
1: Yeah, this is cool. I think it'll be awesome for people to kind of see somebody go through the process of following it all.
0: Thanks for listening. You can follow Chewy Plays on Twitter and YouTube. Hey, if you want to support Make the Game, here are some ways. Number one, buy my book, How to Make a Video Game All By Yourself. Number two, this really helps out, write a five-star review on Amazon. Uh, While you're there, check out the Make the Game wish list, and lastly, write a positive review for the show, Make the Game, on your favorite podcasting platform. You are being played out by Funshine, which you are free to use in your own projects. Now it's time for you to go make the game. Um, I I probably will record the intro and stuff uh, later just to clean it up because it's hard to like be perfect and just go, you know, Mm -hmm. like you you have tons of podcast experience. You probably know all this stuff. Um, I write
1: it down and read it every time. (laughs) Like I have to have it written. Yeah. I I put my podcast voice on. I'm like, all right, here's Mm. the cadence of how I speak all this. I'm like, welcome to Haken, an Animal Crossing podcast. Your podcast dedicated to all things Animal Crossing.
0: Oh, I love it. That's yeah, that's very that's very well uh well practiced. Well <laughs> said for
1: years now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I got that when I was making the trailer for my book. How to make a video game all by yourself. Like it just gets <laughs> you start to get that like yeah, that cadence, like that flow out of it.